0: edition of the second and goal fantasy podcast i'm calvin your host with you as always and in today's show i'll be previewing week nine for fantasy football in 2022 but first reacting to the nfl trade deadline which just came and went and we had perhaps the craziest trade deadline in the nfl that we've had in years because it feels like every single year there's hype for the trade deadline, and every single year nothing ends up happening but this year was different there was a lot on both sides of the football for a lot of teams and we'll be reacting to it for fantasy purposes so that replaces the big questions segment for today because there's a lot of big questions with the trade deadline that we need to talk about so that's what we will be discussing then week nine starters sit and booms and busts so it's going to be a good show the trade deadline came and went lots to discuss and i'll get you caught up on all the news so be sure to follow on twitter as always at calvin underscore GF at sgf pod for the podcast Second and Goal Fantasy at gmail.com is where you can send fantasy questions. Be sure to check out the Twitter for the start sit thread on Sunday. I may end up doing a college football broadcast on Saturday this weekend. We will see. If so, it'll be posted about on Twitter. So keep an eye out for that as well. So let's talk trade deadline. Then we'll do starter sit and booms and bust. But first, let's go look at the transactions that occurred on Tuesday. Lots to talk about. Lots The trade deadline happened, and tons of trades. First, let's start with, I guess let's go from most recent to least recent. It's crazy. Suspended Calvin Ridley. Of course, the one who got suspended for gambling on the Falcons beating the Jaguars, among other things, is now on the Jaguars. He got traded in exchange for draft compensation. Could be worth at maximum. A 2023 fifth-round pick and a 2024 second-round pick. And so Calvin Ridley will now try to restart his career with Jacksonville, presumably be reinstated after this season with the Jaguars and with Trevor Lawrence. And this is interesting. This is going to boost Trevor Lawrence's long-term dynasty value. I can tell you that for sure. I think we may see a bit of a year three leap from Trevor Lawrence now having an elite receiver on the team. Ridley will probably have some good value, probably be at least a solid wide receiver two over there. And so there's a lot to like. Of course, this bumps down Christian Kirk's status a little bit with the Jaguars, of course, but that's going to happen all of that next year. So big blockbuster news there. Also, the Bears, they added Chase Claypool to the offense finally justin fields has another receiver i think chase claypool and darnell mooney will be fighting out for the number one receiver role that will make both of them probably too inconsistent in fantasy to start each week but i still think the bears passing production overall goes up from week to week and this makes justin fields a more reliable week to week starter because we know he has that rushing upside but this helps his passing floor as well the vikings they acquired tj hawkinson from the lions I think this makes Hawkinson probably a back-end tight end one because we know his talent and he will probably get some looks. Of course, there's some competition and there's still Dalvin Cook in this offense as well. But I think TJ Hawkinson becomes a back-end tight end one and this boosts Kirk Cousins' stock very slightly as well. So those were basically the three big trades of the week or of the trade deadline. There were more other uh, there were other trades that happened, but we've talked about them on the podcast in the past. But lots of movement as well, lots of other trades as well that didn't have to do with offense. I guess the last piece of news is that Chase Edmonds as well is on the Broncos now, which he'll maybe get some pass catching work there. Probably not startable, but he'll, he might take over that like complementary role to Melvin Gordon, and then. The other news was that Jeff Wilson replaced Chase Edmonds in Miami, so I think Raheem Mostert retains his value. Jeff Wilson will play some sort of change of pace role, but Mike McDaniel likes to acquire his former RBs, and so he's got two of them now. So let's talk starter (laughs) sit. What I will say is that, um, and I will, I guess I actually, I can't, I don't know if I can pull up the exact quote right now, but when I talked to Chase Edmonds a few months ago at my uh, play-by-play sports broadcasting camp, and I think I actually can pull up this quote, he was talking about um, I'm not sure if he was entirely correct about his role in Miami as he didn't end up being the starting quarterback, but he was completely correct in his evaluation of how Tyreek Hill was going to go off in Miami, which was a take I shared with him throughout the off season and, well obviously it wasn't a take I came up with just because he said that I was a Tyreek Hill guy throughout the offseason but he described how he thought Tyreek Hill was going to eat even more which we'll talk about Loa in the offense and he was right he was very very right and so just another yet another victory lap on the show about me liking Tyreek Hill preseason who's now the wide receiver too and I guarantee to you that he'd be a top five wide receiver preseason and despite him barely being ranked in the top 10 at times so Yeah, Chase Edmonds was a good dude, though, for sure. So I hope he does well in Denver. Starter sit. First guy, Josh Palmer versus the Falcons. I'm going to start Josh Palmer in this situation. He got about nine targets a couple weeks ago. Missed last week, but now Mike Williams is out. Keenan Allen might be out, and it's against a soft Falcons defense. This is an easy start for me with that target potential David Montgomery versus the Dolphins. This is a tougher one, but he's still a borderline start. You shouldn't be expecting too much because I think the Bears are going to be behind in this game. And while they still like to run the ball, I think Khalil Herbert has now established himself for the moment as the superior running back in Chicago. So Montgomery is a borderline flex play who is very touchdown dependent. I don't think you should be expecting too much, but you still can start him. Then Deontay Foreman versus the Bengals. I got this take wrong last week with Foreman saying that he would fall off. I think he will fall off this week now. I think I genuinely now think that the Panthers will actually be behind in a football game with Deontay Foreman active, but I still would say start him because the Panthers have seen how effective he's been over these last couple of weeks, and they're going to continue to utilize him even if they are behind in games. So I'll take the L on that one for sure from the previous week. Let's move to Booms and Busts. Two booms, two busts. The first boom, Jonathan Taylor. This seems weird, right? Because Jonathan Taylor has an ankle injury. He's got a backup QB and he's facing the second-ranked Patriots run defense. Hear me out. There were two costly fumbles for the Colts last week against the Commanders near and in the red zone. I think the Colts will have more red zone opportunities heading into this week. And I think against the Patriots, they are going to rely on the run with Sam Ellinger in charge of this offense. I think Sam Ellinger looked good, but we saw a lot of, I mean, we saw a lot of zone read and read option with Sam Ellinger, first of all. So I think a lot of that work's going to go to Taylor and Ellinger and I'll just be a heavy ground attack, but also Ellinger was able to move the offense just enough to where the Colts were able to stay competitive. Now, of course it was against the commanders with Taylor Heineke, but they could end up still staying competitive against the Patriots. And I think Jonathan Taylor will fight through the ankle injury and have a huge game this week. Also, Also, I like Amon Ross St. Brown because he got 10 targets last week, seemed to be getting more involved in the offense. I think he'll be good in the uh, the Packers game, and I think the Lions will be competitive in this one. So I like Amon Ross St. Brown to get a lot of targets and to kind of really get involved because that was what the Lions were doing best early in the season. And they have started to get back to that, and now I think they will even more. Plus, Antonio Gibson versus the Vikings. He's been one of the top RBs in fantasy over the last two weeks. But I think against this Vikings team, especially now that they've acquired yet another playmaker, the Commanders are probably going to be blown out of the water and be far, far behind. So Gibson, I don't see being very involved as much as he was last week. He was involved a lot through the passing game. That seemed more like an anomaly than what has mostly happened this year. So he's a bust for me. And then Daryl Henderson versus the Bucs. And really this entire Rams backfield. We saw Ronnie Rivers, this nobody from the practice squad, come up and get 12 touches last week. And now Henderson, and Henderson had just four. And now, I mean, Henderson, he Rivers is back on the practice squad. He might be elevated before the game. Henderson is theoretically still the starting RB, but they're facing Tampa Bay. That's a tough rushing defense. So it is in a void for all of those guys, including Ronnie Rivers. You don't want to have to deal with that either. So it's pretty brutal for the Rams backfield right now. So that wraps up the show. Thank you all for tuning in. Hope this helped set your fantasy lineups. If not, if you still have start-sick questions, feel free to ask them on Twitter at GF at SGF Pod at technicalfantasy at gmail.com. Thank you all for tuning in. Keep an eye out for all the stuff happening on the Twitter. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time.